0: chapel podcast thank you for tuning in we're so glad you're here before we get started we want to remind you of the importance of being connected into a local church body podcasts are a gift from god but are meant to be supplemental and not substitute or replace the gathering of the saints in worship in the word with that being said we pray that this teaching would bless you equip you and encourage you in your walk with christ Well, um, what's happening with the building is gonna even tie into where I'm going into the message this morning. So let's just go ahead and pray and then, and then we'll jump into this. So um, Lord, we've spent a lot of time already in prayer and Lord, ultimately our heart's desire is that this whole thing is prayer. God, you're here, you're present, you love us. And so God, we, we wanna be responsive to you. We wanna hear what you wanna say this morning. And so God, would you open the scripture Um, help us hear what you have for us individually and as a church. So we love you and we just commit this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. All right, well, we are starting a new series this morning called Built Together. Obviously, it does to a degree have to do with the new season we're moving into as a church, but really the series is not about the building because the building ain't the church. The people are the church. We are the thing that God is building individually, right? Like our bodies are a temple. Jesus comes and makes his home within us. That's, that's the Holy Spirit's role. He fills us. Um, and then he's also building us together. He intends for his church to love each other, to walk together, like within a local church community and also like his church in the earth. Like our church isn't like the thing. We're a part of a greater body of Christ in our city and around the globe. And so God's building something. And so that needs to be the forefront, first, foremost, and always. You know, one of the things I have enjoyed about being a mobile church, yes, there are a couple of things I've enjoyed about that, um, is, is it makes it very clear when you're gathering in a temporary space in a school gym that the building isn't the thing. And so one of the things I want to be very sensitive to as we move into new territory, as we move into a place, a building, a home, that it never becomes about that. We are the gathered body of Christ, it's about people. And so that's what the series is gonna be about. But I do wanna give you a little update. You know, we're, we're gonna be in a season of transition. There's things we know, there's things we don't know. Um, there's timelines that we think are fairly accurate. And then we also need to have a sense of flexibility. Um, if anyone in here has ever done, even just at your home, a little bit of a remodel project, do you, do you know that that requires some flexibility? It requires some patience, right? So things just happen. But I do wanna give you a sense of where things are at. So, um, and man, there's so much that's happened. Hopefully you guys are, are up to speed on this, but an incredible story has been unfolding since early June. The very first Sunday in June, we had no idea anything was on the horizon. And then that week was our seven-year anniversary of being in the school. And a process started with another local church. It's an older congregation where they want to hand off their building and their property to us. It's being given. So since early June, what has transpired is that property is now in our name. Uh, We have closed on that property. It was given to us. Uh, That is worth celebrating It's over on South Peters Road. Many of you have been there at least once now. We gathered there last Sunday under a tent. And so uh, it's a building, it's two and a half acres. Um, We cannot fit in the building as it is currently constructed. So that's why, even though it is now in our name, we are here at the school. Um, So we're gonna be moving some walls and doing some remodeling over there. Um, The other thing that has happened that we just need to continue to be in awe of, you know, we just kind of felt like there was a number the Lord led us to, that would enable us to pay cash for the next door property because the neighbor next door with his house and another acre plus um, is ready to sell. And so it it expands what we're going to be able to do in the short and long term there. And so, man, like six or seven weeks ago now, maybe eight, I mentioned that number and just said, hey guys, this is a big step of faith. Like look around the room. We're We're a You know, we're a decent sized church. We're a little church community, and we were believing for $350,000. We didn't give y'all three months or six months to to pray and to plan and to save. We gave you six weeks. And y'all, last Sunday, $325,000 came in. Praise God. It's incredible. It's incredible. Um, I don't wanna get into every tiny little detail of that. I think we're up to 328 now, another like maybe three grand came in this week and we're believing just for that last 20 grand or so that, that it'll be here and the Lord's gonna provide, we've already seen some unique ways where money has been saved when like an architect is donating all the architectural work to the church as an example. Um, I'm looking around the room and I know many of you are handy and you can build things and paint things. And so, you know, there's some things we can do together, a um, little sweat equity to help. But that's, that just gives you kind of a sense of, of where we are. Um, I was able a couple Sundays ago to go to Franklin, to Grace Chapel in Franklin, where uh, I was for a long time. They helped send us here. They gave me the opportunity to preach and to share the vision. And about a third, a little under a third, came in from their sacrificial giving. And so I just want to acknowledge that. Other people who aren't going to directly benefit said, we want to be a part of that. Um, I'm also kind of blown away by the other two thirds came from here and like there's some extended friends and family that we all have that that kicked into but like that's it's kind of ridiculous it's it's amazing god is so good and he's so faithful so i just don't want to lose sight of that it'll be easy to plunge ahead into the work that's coming we got to stay thankful and in awe of what god's done and we also just need to acknowledge like you man you guys have given sacrificially that's awesome um, I've said this before, I just never wanna take it for granted. I want y'all to know just a discipline that I have in my life. I don't look at individual givers, who they are or what they give. I don't look at that. It just helps me stay free of all of that. I trust God. I, I do my part to, to tithe and to give. And I just trust that you guys will do that as prompted by the Lord. And so what I do know is it's a big number and a small amount of people. And so I know you sacrificed. So, Thank you. We just want to acknowledge that. I want to acknowledge that. Thank you. It's, I don't even know what this, I almost can't think about it because then I just turn into like the pile of tears on stage and that doesn't do anybody any good this morning, but it's humbling. It's amazing. Uh, I'm still in awe of the fact that like three families moved to Knoxville seven years ago and just said, okay, God, we think you're calling us here. And like, we've been given a property and there's resource to make it a home for us. So I'm thankful for that. So, y'all are like, okay, great, Jake, you told what's been, what's coming. So, I'm going to do my best to kind of give you a sense of what's coming. So, in the next week or so, um, we've already got some architectural drawings, some concepts that are going. We've kind of honed in on one in particular. So, we're going to do a little refining of that with a contractor that we're working with. Um, We found a contractor who's willing to let us do all the things we can do. And him and his company will cover what, what we can't do. Um, and they'll be able to pull permits and all that sort of thing. So we're in conversation with them. So we're going to be getting the contractor and the architect together, kind of refining and fine-tuning the plans and then getting the ball rolling. So our hope is, you know, we start cleaning some things up over there in the next few weeks. And then maybe like September, I don't know if it'll be demo day. It might be more like demo week, weeks, but, but there will be some demo work. Um, and then man, God willing, ideally, like we start putting it back together as early as October, we can maybe get started on that. And so um, the part our builder will do is like, you know, a couple months probably and then there's lots of finishing work that we will all kind of come in and work together to do. So I think an ambitious but somewhat realistic goal is like first of the year, like January. We also realize there are holidays in there when some of this work is gonna be getting done. So, you know, But I think, you know, roughly an outside date would be like spring, like we're having Easter service on the property in the building. I'm believing for the ambitious goal. I just don't want everybody going, Jake, you said January and it's February. Like what's going on? So as much as we can keep you all abreast of like where we're at, the phases of things, we'll do that. Um, We're also getting together like this week uh, to get an official contract with the neighbor next door to pay cash for that property, which I still can't believe that that is happening. So lots of good stuff. Let's keep praying, right? We're, we're praying. We, we know that as we move into this territory, like it's going to get real for the folks over there. And so we need to pray just for that sense of like our, our hearts doing this, being sensitive to each other, walking together, God's guidance, God's provision, all of that. Um, There's lots of steps ahead, but we're trusting God for that. So there we go. Is that good? Does it feel like there's anything I didn't address that you were like really curious about? you're like, I'm surprised you didn't bring that up or mention it. Did that seem, Nick, Alex, that seem to cover the stuff we've talked about, dad. Yeah. Okay. All right. Shall we get into our, our series now? Built Together. So it's vital. I know I already said this, but it is vital that we recognize that the building is the people of God. That's the real building. That's the church. And so, what this series is going to be about is it's it's growing into who God's calling us to be as individuals. Like I have an individual part to play. Um, some of that is for me. Like it it grows me. I get I am touched by God and by His people and. I receive healing and strength, and I grow in maturity in character, I discover giftings and callings like my life is touched by being a part of what god 's building. Um, I also and you also we have individual roles to play in impacting other people and so so there's the individual component of this there's also just like our local church body you know we we have We have been built up. We've been growing and we will continue to, but we're moving into a new season and God wants us to be ready for what that means. Like we're gonna continue to help each other grow and be strengthened. We're gonna gather to worship Jesus because that's what it's all about. And we're gonna minister to new people. We're We're gonna see people come into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ who don't know him. I believe we're gonna have people come who maybe they've walked with the Lord and like, they've been hurt. They've been burned by other places or churches or individuals. And like, we wanna be a place of healing and encouragement. And so we need to be ready because while I'm excited to have a home to gather in, like it's not about me just having a cool, comfortable spot to be in. It's about who the Lord is gonna entrust us with to love and to serve and to minister to. And then there's people who, they may never come to our church but they're in our city and our job is to love our city well. And yes, that the facility would be used to have an impact in our community, but that, that we, the people of God would be impactful. And, and I, you know, I want us to have that deep sense of like, we are a part of the larger body of Christ in Knoxville. And we want to link arms with and minister alongside and encourage other local bodies. Cause we're part of, Big C church, the kingdom of God. And so what I'm hoping for through this series is that God speaks to us individually and corporately about what the implications of that are. You know, that we grow individually in our giftings and callings and what God has for us. That as a church, we have a sense of how we're gonna walk this out together. And, and I'm believing like there's, Alex talked to us a, a two weeks ago, that there's like stuff God has, has planted and will plant in your hearts of things he's calling you to do or to be a part of to minister within our body and out into the community. And so those are, those are things I'm believing God's going to sow in. And so the series is going to be a little broad. Um, I'm just going to give kind of a really broad stroke introduction. There's going to be some verses that I will just acknowledge, like I'm I'm brushing on them quickly. I'm I'm making a point out of them. But most of these verses, we will be coming back to more in depth and looking more in context as we go. Um, but we're going to look at different aspects of how we are built up as the church. All right. So here we go. Point number one for the note takers, and really it's point number one, and it's the overarching point. It's not just like the first in a series of points. It's the whole thing. God is the builder. God is the builder. That is essential. Um, there's there's uh, this Hebrew verb uh, that means to build, to construct. It can even mean to rebuild. I love that, like a renovation project. Um, it, it also means to cause to continue. So the idea is built for the long haul, built to last. And this word shows up in the Old Testament like 376 times. And the very first time it shows up, it shows up in Genesis chapter two, verse 22. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made, built, constructed into a woman and brought her to the man. So first of all, the very first builder in the scripture is God. Up to this point, he'd created things like from nothing into being, but now he's taking something that exists and he's constructing. He's, he's taking something and building something out of it. And so, what is the very first thing God builds? A connected family. And he's teaching us something in Adam. He's, he's teaching us something about marriage, yes, but I think he's teaching us something about like all of us. Like, we, we're connected. We're connected. We're a part of each other. We're, we're meant to be knitted together. We need one another. God is a builder and he cares about people and he wants to build a connected family. And so that's the first thing he built. And then we move on into uh, Psalms and this is actually a Psalm that was written by Solomon. I'm just gonna read the first verse, Psalm 127, verse one. It's a song of ascents of Solomon And so here's the guy who builds what? What is is Solomon famous for building? The temple, right? The very first structure. They'd had a tabernacle up to that point. He's building a temple. And what does he say about building? Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build labor in vain. Man, I want nothing to do with laboring in vain. And then he goes on to say, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. The Lord's already convicted me of this in just the last few weeks, how easy it is for me to get wrapped up in what needs to do and what's the next step. And then I wake up in the middle of the night because I'm thinking about all the things that I'm supposed to do. And he keeps going, dude, none of this happened because of you at all. Like get out of the way, man. Like I gave this to you guys. Just trust me. Now, as we'll see, as we go further, like we have a role to play, but we gotta remember like he's the one building. And in fact, when, when myself personally, I'm speaking about me, maybe you can relate, but when I start trying to drive it or push it or build it or be in charge of it or plan it, I'm spinning my wheels. I'm laboring in vain. Like he's got it. He has the master design. He knows what he's up to in this unique moment for our church, but like big picture, what he's doing in the world. He's the builder. And so, our approach, first and foremost and always, is trusting he's up to something. He's got a plan, he's at work. And it's the old Henry Blackaby quote, right? Like, God's doing something, and I just want to join him in it. I don't need to invent it, I don't need to create it. I want to see what he's doing and join him in it. He's the builder. So anything worth building or creating should not be undertaken on our own. God is the ultimate builder, that's the point. So there's a, there's a sense of building, constructing as we see it in the Old Testament. And as we move into to the New Testament, there's this noun, and uh, I'm just not gonna try to pronounce these words because, well, maybe you want a good laugh this morning. Okay, oikodome is what I'm going with. Oikodome, do you know this word, Rick? All right. Um, it, it means a building, like it can mean the actual structure, like a building. It can mean the active building, right? So there's the building or we're building that building. Um, it can also, it's used a lot in the New Testament as like a spiritual metaphor. And when it's used that way, a lot of times it's translated edify, edifying, building up. But it's the same word, it's this construction word. God is building us up. He's creating something. It's, and so that's, that's the word there. And so the first time we see it actually is when the disciples are with Jesus. This is recorded in Matthew 24 and in Mark 13, when they're in Jerusalem and the disciples are trying to highlight to Jesus, look at these cool buildings at the temple. And Jesus just reminds them like, hey, there's, there's something else going on. There's something bigger being built. Don't get wrapped up with that because it's not about that. Watch what I'm about to build. And so there it is, building. Um, let me give you a sense of the Second Corinthians 5, 1. Because what God is building is not, not just temporary and earthly. It's much bigger than that. So Paul writes to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 1, he says, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, what's he talking about there? This, this body. If it is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, but eternal in the heavens. What God builds, he builds to last. It's eternal. And so when, when we surrender to him and when we choose to cooperate with him, we're participating in something that will last. Y'all, there are so many things I have put time and energy into in my life that don't last. They just don't. Some of them are necessary. Like there's necessary things that are just part of day-to-day life and taking care of people and all that. But listen, there are things that God is doing that are built to last, that have eternal ramifications, eternal consequences. And guys, the thing that is eternal is, is us. Like he made us to be eternal beings. And so when I'm cooperating with what God's doing in my life and the life of somebody else, I'm participating in an eternal building project that will last, that will ripple out into eternity. And listen, even little moments like we're in right now where we can see this cool miracle taking place, we get to participate in something really exciting. That's just a tiny taste of the sort of celebrations that we will be having in heaven one day when we go, wow, God, that was a, that was a pretty rough life down there. And there was a whole lot of hard things happening in my life and in the world in general and and in people around me. But look what you have done. Look at the miracle. Look at your redemptive work. The reason eternity is not gonna be boring is because we're just gonna have new surprises daily of like, oh, wow, look what God did over there. And oh my gosh, you made it. (laughs) And they're gonna be looking at you going, you made it. I mean, it's just gonna be celebration after celebration of this eternal thing that God is doing. And so we get to participate in that. So he is the builder. That's point number one, and it's really the whole main point. Um, but point number two, if you're a note taker and just wanna follow things logically here, point number two is that we are being built together. We're being built together. And we're gonna look at Ephesians chapter two, verses 19 through 22. 22. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Listen, whether, whether um, you're still just learning about who Jesus is, whether you're relatively new in your faith or you've walked with the Lord for decades, this should never just be a passing sentence. We ought to stay in a place of awe that I was once on the outside looking in. I was once like an immigrant, a foreigner that didn't belong. And by the incredible grace of God, he's placed me in his family. And he loves me now and eternally. What a gift. We've been placed, we are members of the household of God. Verse 20, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Verse 22, in him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit. Man, there is a mouthful in there. We are a part of a larger whole. We get to be a part of an incredible family, an incredible thing that God is doing and building. We're part of a larger whole. Jesus is the foundation. Like he's the firm foundation. We can be sure that the structure will hold together because we're on the rock. So Jesus is this firm foundation. And then friends, our roots go way back. Like that's what Paul's saying. He goes, look back at the prophets of old. Like the scripture that we hold in our hand Thousands of years old, we're holding it in our hand. It's amazing. We're here today because of faithful people who gave their life to Christ and passed that along. They discipled somebody who discipled somebody who discipled somebody, and now we're here today because of other people's faithfulness. We're a part of a larger whole. It's one of my favorite little like nuggets, and frankly, I'll be honest, surprises from last Sunday. You know, we just kind of knew we wanted uh, Pastor David and his crew to participate in some way. And we just, the Lord just sort of knit this little service together, you know, where we led some worship and they led some worship and Pastor David shared a little bit and I shared a little bit. And I was just touched at how like anchoring it was in the fact that we're a part of something that's been around for a while. You know, it's one thing to recognize like there's people who've worshiped Jesus on that property for decades and the joy they have at what's happening. Like I just continue to be blown away by it. It's one thing for them to go, hey, we're winding down, we need to hand it off. Okay, we did a successful handoff, but there's sadness when something is changing and ending. And I'm not saying there's there's zero sadness that will be experienced, but like they have joy about what God is doing. I'm just blown away by that. And then these precious worship leaders are up there. You know, those two sisters, man, weren't they a riot? Like one minute I'm, I'm laughing, just watching their fun dynamic. You know, like 78 year old sister and her older sister in her early eighties. And it's like, they were just classic sisters. I mean, it was amazing to watch. Um, they're giving each other a hard time. And then the next minute, they're just beautifully honoring their own spiritual heritage. Like totally unexpectedly to me, at least, they're talking about their grandparents. Like these gals grew up in the 40s and they're talking about their grandparents. Think about how far back that legacy goes and how they, like their grandfather was a pastor and how their grandmother, she kind of she ran, ran the show, kept that community together, right? Loved everybody in the church. And then their faithful parents, even, they even sang a song that their mom wrote and then their dad translated into a Filipino dialect because that's his background. And I just was sitting there like, Lord, this is incredible. Like what a healthy reminder of the legacy of faith that we get to be a part of. And we get glimpses of how he's building us together, right? Like I know you guys, so there's cool ways I get to see stuff. One of of my great joys in being a pastor actually is, is having this bird's eye view sometimes of how you guys find each other and encourage each other and build each other up. And like, I'll meet someone, I'll go, oh, I can't wait for you to meet someone. I know y'all are gonna just hit it off. And it's gonna be such a life-giving relationship. It's a gift. It's like, we get glimpses of what God's building, but there is just this beautiful unfolding story that we get to be a part of. And so what a, what a beautiful picture of that. So this this word here, built together, um, it it has two different ways it can be used. Um, One way to be used just means to build together with others. So like we're working side by side, building something. So we're co-laboring together to build. It also can be used, it means um, several things being put together to make a whole. So these different parts come together. You know, there's the studs and then the drywall and now I have a wall. Like these different parts put together to make a whole. It means both things at once. I just felt like, man, this is what the series is about. We are being built together, like we're all a part of something that God is building. And part of how we walk this out faithfully is we labor together, side by side. We all have different callings, giftings, abilities. God's uniquely made us in certain ways. And so we're built together. I I actually really wanted to use the Greek word as the title to this series. It's even longer. It's sun oiko domeo. And I just figured if I can't pronounce the title, I probably shouldn't make it the title of the series. But this is the word that sits behind this series we're in. We are being built together and we get to build together side by side. So I'm excited about that. And that word is a verb. This is about action. It's participating in the building, choosing to be a part of it. It is not passive. It's leaning in intentionally and saying, I wanna be a part of what God's building in my life, in the lives of other people around me, amen. He's the builder. I wanna lean in as close as I can and trust his design and his guidance. And I want to be a part of that. I recognize my need to be connected with the family of God. And I want to do my part to love and encourage others. So that leads us to point three. And I'm going to move through this one relatively quickly. There's a couple bullet points in here. Um, It's just simply this. Let's build. Let's build. Let's get after it. Let's do it. And so here's some things we're going to unpack as we go together in this series is just just how we do that. So first of all, we're gonna stay in Ephesians two for a minute. We're gonna go back verses eight through 10. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It's not a result of works so that no one may boast. So right, God's the builder. And then verse 10, for we are his workmanship Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's the deal. God's the builder. He's uniquely made us. It's by his grace, the work that he's doing in our lives and in our community, Um, but there's work for us to do. We get to participate. We get to discover, and I love that phrase there, the good works which God prepared beforehand. He knows. He knows how he's uniquely made each of us. He knows how he wants to join his his body together here in our local community. He knows what he's doing in Knoxville and the unique ways he's called and gifted different parts of the body and the joy of like uniting together to be a part of what he's doing for his kingdom here. Here. And so our job is just to prayerfully and humbly go, Lord, I'm I'm willing to participate. What do you have for me? Help me see it. Help me discover it. Help me to participate in what you're up to. And I guarantee you that if he prepared works ahead of time for us and he wants us to walk in them, then guess what? He's not gonna keep us in the dark. If, If we intend to truly walk this out and we intend to listen for his voice and direction, He'll give us clarity. Now he might only give you that much, right? He likes to surprise us along the way, but he always gives us at least the next step. And so we trust him in that. So here's kind of three or four components as as we walk this out that, that we're gonna kind of discover. How do we participate? First way we participate is we participate in loving community. It's relational, it's relational. We invest in people. And so just a glimpse of this Romans 14, 19, Paul writes and he says, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Now by itself, that's just kind of a really sweet encouraging verse, right? Well, yeah, of course we want peace. Of course we want to build each other up. He's actually writing in a context of making a sacrifice on the behalf of other people for their benefit. It's Loving community is not just an emotion that we sort of have like, oh, I have good feelings and thoughts towards Tommy over there. I like him, I respect him, he's a nice guy. It's, it's intentional, it's sacrificially loving and serving one another. It's active and at times it's difficult. Sacrifice can have meaning, but it, but it hurts, right? It hurts, I'm sure some people feel the hurt of the sacrificial offering we just gave. It could still be special and have meaning, but it hurts, it's a sacrifice. And so choosing to participate in loving community at times will be difficult, but it's worth it. That's that's where real love is. Real love is action-oriented and it's sacrificial because real love is about preferring someone else ahead of myself. The way I love my wife is caring for her and her needs above my own. Not me constantly going, what am I getting out of this? If I'm loving and serving her for her benefit, she's loving and serving me for my benefit, our needs are met and we're loving each other well. So it's sacrificial, we choose to participate in that. Secondly, the way we're built up, we grow in our gifts and callings. We grow in our giftings. Um, I'm I'm gonna read a verse that's about one particular gift, and I just don't wanna get lost in overemphasizing that gift, but I just, I think it gives a good sense of how all of this works. So um, in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, you know, I would encourage you, read chapters 12, 13, and 14. I'll also just let you know, we will be getting back to those during this series. Um, But in 14, he's talking about the gift of prophecy specifically. And Paul writes and he says in 1 Corinthians 14, three, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding. That's that, this is all that same word. I meant to say that earlier. All these words that, that we've got, upbuilding, that's edifying. Constructing, it's the same word. For their upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. Now that's specifically how the Lord wants prophecy to work, that like it builds up, it strengthens, it exhorts people to action, it comforts them when they're down. But like that's kinda, the gifts in general are meant to benefit people. They're not meant to prop me up or build me up as the person with the gift. It's not about building up my name or my legacy or making me feel good about myself the reason I feel good about myself is I am loved by God. I'm his kid. I, even me personally, Jake, I shouldn't feel good about myself because I'm a pastor and okay, so that means God really loves me. Like, no. Titles, roles, responsibility, all that is about is about using our God gifted callings and abilities to love and serve, to honor him and to care for other people. And so now it's exciting to grow in and discover how he's gifted us, it is rewarding to serve God with those gifts and abilities and see people's lives touched. So I'm I'm not saying there isn't any residual benefit, but that's not the goal. That's like a nice little byproduct. But we grow and are equipped and discover our giftings and callings so we can build up and encourage the body of Christ so we can love other people well and woo them to Christ. And so that's the mindset behind giftings and calling. So as we explore this series, we'll talk about everything from spiritual gifts um, to like roles within the church. Um, We'll talk about just like passions, like things that just stir our heart that God calls us to. Um, And listen, I think it's important to recognize natural gifts and abilities, skills we've developed over time. Like God uses all of those things to make a difference in people's lives. So those are some things we'll study. And then ultimately, we need to grow in character. As we're growing in relationship, as we're discovering our giftings, we're meant to grow in character. We mature, we mature. And so we mature in our faith. That is a byproduct of being rooted in community. I'm not saying that you can't grow on your own with your Bible and a close relationship with Jesus. But what I am saying is that God intended for us to be in real relationships with the body of Christ. And there is an iron sharpening iron that he has designed that is needed. It's needed. He wants us engaged in real relationship with each other and it helps us grow in maturity. Listen, I can be a guy who's super patient and kind if I don't ever have to deal with people. The minute I start having to have actual real engagement with people at a level where life gets real, now all of a sudden, man, I need some patience. (laughs) God, I need the gift of your spirit to grow me in some patience, right? And so we actually mature in that way. Um, Listen, I didn't like get married to Amy and suddenly I was ready to be a good parent. It's like I've kind of slowly stumbled through that and figured out as I go, like I'm learning on my kids basically, right? Like hopefully they've had a good experience from the start, but no, like I'm growing in that as I'm engaged in the difficulty of parenting, you know, to love and to serve and to need God's help to not lose my cool and all of those things. Like we, we mature as we engage in these relationships. And so that is a part of being built up. We grow and mature. Colossians chapter two, verses six through eight. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. We need to be grounded in our faith so that what is being built in us doesn't topple. See, I originally thought I was gonna stop right here. I thought that was gonna be like my third bullet point and I'd get to the conclusion. But as I was, I was in my study, One of the things I kind of came across in studying this word we've been seeing over and over again, built up, edified, that word, there's an antonym to that word. There's its exact opposite. And the, the Greek word is literally catastrophe. Catastrophe. It's where we get our word catastrophe, but it's an old ancient Greek word, catastrophe. It means to overthrow, to subvert. It means destruction. It means a sudden fall. And that Greek word only shows up twice in the New Testament. And both times it shows up once by Paul in his letter to Timothy that we're gonna read in a minute and once by Peter, both times it's a warning against false prophets and teachers. Both times it's about being anchored in the word of God and in in faith in Jesus and not being drawn into things that are broken and wrong. And so in the letter to Colossians that we just read, Paul's warning against the philosophies from the world and how easy that is to infiltrate. And then now what I'm gonna read in Timothy, Paul's warning Timothy about even within the body of Christ, how important it is not to fall for wrong teaching that that rips us off, that actually tears down what God wants to build. And listen, I think I'm gonna go off slightly on a rant here. Not a rant, it's not a rant. But I just wanna make a point. You know, some of what we think of as false prophets or teachers are, are literally people teaching things that aren't true or that, that are halfway true. And then something's woven in that sounds right or appealing or good and it rips us off. And so sometimes false teaching is, is literally what's being taught is wrong. I also think a lot of damage is done in the church by false teachers who just don't live the truth they're teaching. We say this, but we live like this. And both things have caused a lot of catastrophes and a lot of damage. And so it's essential that we're built up in relationship. It's essential that we discover our gifts, our callings. It's essential that we are rooted in Christ and that we're built up and we mature in our faith, A, so we can be protected from that, but so we can protect each other from that. Like, I need to be protected from me. It's why we've got leaders in this church who, who can put their finger in my chest and say, hey, bro, I love you, but we gotta talk. Like, I need to be protected from me. We, we build each other up, we protect each other so that we don't have the fall. And so Paul writes to Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, 14 and 15. He's telling Timothy about what he needs to be contending for and reminding his church community of. He says, remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Catastrophe. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So we don't have to be afraid of the catastrophe if we lean in and are built up and established in the word of God. And we walk in real relationship with each other. I mean, we, we sharpen each other. We help each other stay on track. And so we, we watch against this. What's, what, what are we watching against the next couple verses? Next verse and a half but avoid irreverent babble for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness and their talk will spread like gangrene. Ugh, yuck, I don't want that. One more verse I want to read. This is actually from 1 Timothy. It's a similar warning to this letter in, in 2 Timothy. 1 Timothy 1, 6 and 7, he, he says it like this. And I just, I felt like this was important to recognize because this is so prevalent what Paul's describing here. He says, certain persons, by swerving from these, talking about the truths of the gospel, by swerving from these have wandered away into vain discussion, desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they say or the things about which they make confident assertions. Assertions, sorry, That confidence of like, I... I'm right and I know I'm right and I'm defending my turf and I'm fighting for this thing and all along it's, it's off. I shouldn't be anchored in my opinion. I should just assume the fact that my opinions can be pretty flawed. I need to be anchored in what the builder has to say. What's his roadmap? What's his word? And you know what? At times that's gonna contradict me because he's God and I'm not read the Bible long enough, be in church long enough, you will find something you're not crazy about. Well, if the thing you're not crazy about is something that's wrong, okay, that's one thing. But if the thing I'm not crazy about came from the builder and the designer and from his word, then what God's actually doing is he's highlighting a spot in my life that needs to be rebuilt. Here's where I wanna remodel at that place of contention, at that place of frustration, God's saying, hey, will you trust me and let me shore that area up for your good and for the good of the church? May we be built up. So that's where we're heading. Y'all excited about that? Yeah, okay. So God's the builder of the church. We are called to participate. So let's grow in relationship. Let's grow in our giftings and callings. And let's let God shape and refine our character. Amen? Let's pray. God, what is so evident to me uh, this morning and even the unique place we're in as a church is how much we need you. And God, that is true always. I'm just especially aware of it right now. And so, God, we thank you that you are the builder. We don't have to be the geniuses that have it all figured out. We can trust you. We can trust your eternal, loving work, what you're up to in our lives individually, what you want to do within our local church community. God, the things that you wanna do in the body of Christ here in Knoxville and around the globe. Lord, we know you're up to stuff. And God, our desire is to let you build what you wanna build. God, may we have a willingness and an openness to participate in what you're up to. God, will we choose to engage with you, with one another in real relationship? God, may we discover all the ways you've you've gifted us. God, passions you've put in our heart, and Lord, um, we're not aiming for perfection, but may we grow in character and maturity, so that we may be built up, God, so that our marriages, our families, our extended families, our friendships. God, our relationships with our coworkers and our neighbors, this local church community right here, God, that all of that would be built up, edified, strengthened, because we're cooperating with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.